I mean, I've created therapy plans for years. You know, maybe I can learn to help someone else with their mm-hmm. own journey the same way that I had helped myself. I'm not doing it for anyone's mm-hmm. approval or anyone's acknowledgement. It has to be for myself. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the She Shines podcast. Today, we are answering some of the most common and sometimes the most dreaded questions that we get, and you've also probably received, and those include, tell me about yourself. (laughs) What's one of the biggest life lessons you've learned? What major struggles have you overcome? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah, we've all heard those before. (laughs) A few times, yes. And through our years in knowing each other as friends and then as business partners, we've really learned that despite Alex growing up in Queens, New York, and me growing up on a farm in Arkansas, (laughs) we really have loads of obviously different life experiences, right? But we also have so many similarities. And really, I think that's probably why we work so well together we're able to really play off of our differences and and those differences are also our strengths Mm, yes preach it yes queen (laughs) so in today's episodes we'll hit on some life highlights shall we call them so moving away from home graduating and the career path divorce death aging parents girls we're we're getting into all of it today (laughs) yes yeah we're gonna share all the lessons we've learned along the way so in the first part of this i'm gonna interview alex about her background and how she became the fabulous fierce woman she is today and then (laughs) we're gonna flip the tables and alex is gonna interview me to learn more about my background story And because you know your girls are all about the real talk and that girl Mm. talk, we want to invite you to hop on your stories, share with us what you're currently working through or a lesson you've learned the hard way Mm. because we've all been there. And, you know, in sharing these stories, you're going to help another queen, not only in our community, but in yours. So be sure to tag us at SheXShines when you share. So here we go, ladies. Let's dive on in. All right. So, Alex, can you state your name for the record, please? (laughs) Alexandria Winter Russell, age 31. Wait, actually, I was like, am I 32 or 31? 31 years old. (laughs) We just don't even know anymore. Where are you from and where do you live now? So I'm originally from Queens, New York. I lived in a a town in Queens called Flushing, and I currently live in Philadelphia in the city. I love it. My only, like, previous exposure to Flushing, Queens was the the nanny. Do you remember that show? (laughs) Fran Drescher? Of course I remember the (laughs) nanny. Oh my god, of course I remember. Of course, of course. Yeah, like, literally prior to you, that was my only exposure to Flushing Queens. So that's, I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you do now? 
I am a full-time speech language pathologist working for a major hospital system in the city. And as you all know, also co-founder of She Shines. Yes, yes. And if you listen to episode two, I think a lot of this like overlap a little bit, but this Mm -hmm. is really the episode we're going to dive on in and like peel back those layers. So Alex, can you walk us through your resume? Ooh, I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs> yes. I, I will give a bulleted um, version with the important <laughs> highlights. So in grad school, my internships that kind of really led me to the career path I'm on today were two experiences. And my first was at a K through eight school in Baltimore. And my second experience was in a nonprofit adult outpatient mm-hmm therapy center. And from working in both of these experiences, I I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely learned a lot. And specifically in the school setting, I learned the importance in support at work and the style of therapy, more so the level of cueing and support that I provide to my patients because this specific school that I worked in and the woman who was my supervisor at the time, because now mind you, I'm still a grad mm-hmm. student, so I cannot treat by myself. She, We were just at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm someone, if you know me, I'm very talkative. I like meeting new people. I like having conversations. I like eating. And my supervisor was the complete opposite. (laughs) She ate all of her meals by herself. She was not very talkative. She did not like to share. So it was a really difficult time for Mm -hmm. me. I felt like I was in a cage Mm -hmm. the entire time and really trying to like clamor my way out and and just talk to other people in in the entire time that I had this placement over the course of a semester, I really had not met any other people in that school, any teachers or other staff, and I had not formed a relationship mm. with them. And looking back, oh my goodness, that's one of the most important things mm. if you're working, I mean, wherever you work is to know the other people that you're working with and to have a relationship mm. with them. And and I really did not have that. So working in a school really taught me the importance in in your coworkers and and that communication and having support from them. But also I learned that I'm not a great therapist for children. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was actually my lowest grade. And I learned because I did not give the appropriate amount or the appropriate level of cueing for a child. And, and quick nerding out here for speech pathology, uh, when you are trying to correct a student and they have maybe made an incorrect articulation or or they've used the wrong pronoun, you're supposed to cue them and, and tell them what they did wrong, right? Because they're young and their brains are still forming. And meanwhile, Alex over here, I'm like, figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out, kid, okay? I'm not going to give you a sticker, and you're going to figure it out because that's life. I did not say that, but that that was 
my how my style came across i was not very lenient with my stickers i was not very descriptive in what to do and my supervisor had to tell me uh when you work with adults you can pause for a longer amount of time and you can give them the time to figure it out and and work through it and kids don't have that knowledge so so you have to tell them yeah, lesson lesson learned the hard way. Sorry to all my kids. I'm sure they're fine now, but <laughs> I, uh, I I really did not do the best in my school placement. So I was more than happy, needless to say, more than happy to get right. out of here and, and move on to my next placement, which was an outpatient center for adults. And unfortunately, this outpatient center um, is not in business anymore. They mm-hmm. were a nonprofit, so they oh. lost their funding. But um, that's how I really, really figured out who I was going to work with and what type of patients I want, wanted to serve as a speech language pathologist. And all of my clients were adults there. Uh, the youngest one was in his 20s. And he was actually a part of the Wounded Warrior oh. Project and had suffered from a traumatic brain injury and unfortunately was injured mm-hmm. in action. And he was now in a wheelchair and, like I said, had a traumatic wow. brain injury. So I had the pleasure of getting to work with this patient his home health aid, his family. I I worked with a younger patient who had a stroke who was trying to get back to the YMCA. I had a younger woman who was really just trying to talk with her husband. So all these amazing, amazing clients that I got to work with really showed me that I loved yeah. working with adults. I could talk to them like right, I'm talking right. to you. I didn't I didn't have to give out <laughs> stickers. <laughs> Sticker free expression. Um and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There there were no stickers needed. There was no baby talk needed. It was very much, here's what we're doing. Here are your goals and let's meet them. And if not, this is what you aren't doing and here's how we can do it better. And for me, I'm just comfortable speaking in that way and and it works well with adults. (laughs) Um, So it, it is so funny how some people going through school, like automatically they know Mm -hmm. they want to work with kids or they want to work with adults. And I get so many comments and DMs from women in grad school wanting to know, how did you pick, right? How did you pick adults? How do I know? And I always recommend, and your school should actually also recommend this, that you get experience in both. That way you know for sure (laughs) what you like and what you don't. Or maybe you're that rare breed Mm -hmm. of unicorn that can really flourish in both settings and know both. But for me, I I really found my home with the adult population. And like I said, that that one younger vet um, Mm -hmm. with the Wounded Warrior Project and his traumatic brain injury, that really, really lit a fire underneath me to to continue with adults because I was helping him use Facebook and send a message to his girlfriend and create a website where he was blogging about his experience as an active military member and then as a vet. And we were taking him to the the stables once a week so he could ride a horse and and get used to the natural movement of, you can't see me, but I'm mimicking how you move when you sit on a horse. Imagine your hips rocking side to side. And from someone who's lost the ability to walk, to be able to feel that, to help him in his physical therapy, to know the movement, you know, shifting your weight from side to side when you walk. So that was just an experience. I will never ever forget and today something that continues to drive me is to be able to help 
these adults get back to some sort of normal functioning of their prior life. So that that was a really amazing experience. And I, I will preface this podcast episode with work has not always been amazing. I have not always had those great client stories. And I have not always mm-hmm. worked where I've wanted to work. And particularly out of grad school, my first job in Baltimore was at a skilled nursing facility. I had wonderful co-workers. I had a, I had an amazing boss who I was terrified yeah. of, but who who I learned so much from. And I just I wanted to be like her so bad. She she was educated. She was so smart. She ran <laughs> that building inside out. She knew everyone. Her clinical skills. Were, were just top of the line and she was someone who always gave me a ton of extra work and I felt like she was picking on me but I now know mm. that she was prepping me <laughs> to be the clinician I am today but at the time I, I was pretty <laughs> I was pretty miserable I'm not gonna lie so after working in that facility it actually led me to a little promotion which was to become lead therapist in another skilled nursing facility because they saw that I was yeah. able to work in this other complex setting before and from that facility I you guys can go back and listen to some episodes but you know I met my now fiance I decided that I was going to move to Philadelphia and lo and behold it was time for Mm. Alex to find a new job and it worked out perfectly my lease was up I didn't really like my job in Baltimore so heading to Philly and finding a new job was was really something that was exciting to me and every day up until I got a job I was on phone I was on the phone at my prior job with recruiters like sending out my resume Um, I was just really gung-ho about finding a a position that I was going to love when I got to Philadelphia did I get that position when I moved to Philadelphia (laughs) no I did not get that position yeah I I worked um, many jobs between my time moving to Philadelphia and where I am now. I covered multiple facilities at once. I worked part-time. I was a contractor. I was full-time. I was back to contracting. I went on a ton of interviews. And the whole time I knew, even when I was in Baltimore moving, I knew I had wanted to work at the hospital Mm -hmm. system that I'm working at now. I just knew they were going to have a ton of resources that I hadn't received in prior settings. I also knew it was something that would look amazing on my resume, which for me is a driver. And I knew I would be working with other top clinicians and healthcare professionals. So I actually interviewed for that job twice, once in a different setting than I am in now. And obviously didn't get it those first two times and was distraught, (laughs) distraught. We're going to spill the tea. I, uh, (laughs) we have a family relation within the the hospital setting and I I really was not Mm -hmm. trying to use it. I wanted to get the job on my own, but I am no stranger to knowing Mm -hmm. in this world who you know sometimes is just as as just Absolutely. as important as what you know. And Ryan had suggested that we <laughs> we finally call in our <laughs> our call a friend card. And um, even after doing that, it still didn't work. Oh, no. So I, I was really really down on myself. I was really feeling like, you know, maybe this was the wrong move. Maybe, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. the therapist that I thought I was. Maybe I'm going to have to be stuck in these positions that I don't really love, but they're paying the bills. So yeah, you know, I, I, I stuck it out through a few more positions I didn't love. I interviewed again 
And thankfully, I got the position as a contractor first. And yeah, so they hired me as a contractor. And over a year or so, they had decided they were ending all their contracts. And I either had, they gave me two options. Yeah. Either I quit (laughs) or I come on as full time because they they didn't want any more contractors. Um, So I came on full time because this is what I had been wanting for years and years. And yeah, so I have the job that I have today, which is working in home health. That's uh, so amazing, though, that it didn't come about in any sort of like traditional way, more or less. I mean, that's very rare, I feel like, to be (laughs) a contractor and then be like, yeah, we're not doing contract anymore. And rather than just letting every other contractors go, offering up to bring them on full time, which is what you had originally intended anyway. So that's just a really, you just never know Mm -hmm. where your dream opportunity is going to come from or how it's going to come about and all the crazy zigzags. So I'm so glad we're finally getting to to all the juicy details. In those first several years of, of you working, what would you say were some of the biggest lessons that you learned or that you had to overcome? Ooh. Well, I I worked overtime a lot without the correct amount of pay. <laughs> I had a lot of great managers and a lot of not so great managers. And really what I learned in my first years working was mm. setting expectations, not only for myself, but mm-hmm. with my company, with my coworkers, and not being afraid to speak up for my needs as a clinician and as a human being, because <laughs> human yes. first, clinician second, or you know, there's many other things, but for the, for the purposes of this podcast, human first, clinician second, I also learned not working overtime all the time without being paid. That was big for me. I I worked so, I wish I could like retroactively <laughs> collect the payment on all those on all those hours. But I I learned creative ways to stay mm-hmm. productive within my company that didn't technically, and I'm doing air quotes here, fall mm-hmm. underneath my job description, but still allowed me to do different tasks at work that fell in line with the things that a clinician at the setting that I was in, what she should do. So that really helped me moving forward into other settings, just kind of branching out and and being part of Mm -hmm. a company as as a whole and not just kind of pigeonholed into the one box of this is my job, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to go home. There are other ways to to be part right of a company or, or be part of a community that doesn't always just require doing your job and going home. So b- between all of those lessons and, and the type of management style that I flourish under, it, it really helped me to become the clinician that, that I am today, who I think is a pretty, pretty kick-ass clinician. So so, okay, after working, you know, working for a few years in Baltimore, you said you moved to Philly and, you know, you've landed your dream job. When did the entrepreneurial journey begin for you? Tell us kind of like how you got there. Ooh, so it's really funny you say that. And I had not thought of this until we were talking mm-hmm. about doing this podcast episode in Baltimore, I had actually started the development of a speech therapy material for other speech language pathologists to use 
in the setting of a skilled nursing facility. I say skilled nursing facility for those non-speedy doctors. <laughs> that's a fancy word for nursing home, the which sniffs. you're probably very familiar with. <laughs> Yes. So I had, I felt like the materials that I was using as a graduate student and finally as a starting clinician Mm -hmm. were very dated. And the things that I was asking my patients to do, to talk about, to identify, to be able to hold a conversation about were things that were just so old. And I discovered that there were things within their own immediate environment and things that were going on within current events at the time that would be more applicable to their lives and actually help them improve Mm -hmm. with their therapy goals. So in Baltimore, I had started creating this, this material. I moved to Philly and that most definitely got pushed aside at least for a year or two, I think. And um, because I was new to Philadelphia and working in a job that I kind of just took yeah. because I my lease was starting, I needed to right, move right. And, and I needed money. So I did take a job that I knew I wasn't going to love, but I needed to do it. And it was a part-time was a part-time position that was very, very far away from where I had lived in the city. So between really starting to hate my job, hate my commute, kind of just really hate the whole situation that was going on at the time, I had lost the I had lost control of my routine, which I feel like happens to everyone with a big life change. Or not happens to everyone, but has the potential to happen to everyone is is being thrown Mm -hmm. out of your normal routine and for me that was eating a normal amount of vegetables I will say the the suggested amount of vegetables let's say (laughs) and suggested amount of exercise and I I had a a health and and fitness routine and that had really just gotten lost I had gained some unwanted weight, weight that I was not expecting to. And I was tired a lot. I was irritable. And Ryan was even saying, you know, what's what's going on with you? You know, I, I was crying at the supermarket. I was falling, as, falling asleep, driving him. And wow. he realized this, this is not a good situation. Like you're obviously mm-hmm. overworked, you're tired, and you're not even happy. So what's going on? And I had reached out to a friend because we actually have the same job. We worked together in Baltimore and she was checking, you know, how things, how are things going? And, uh, you know, they're not great. I hate my job. <laughs> I hate my current routine. And she was with a health and fitness network marketing company. She had suggested to me because she, she knows me, knows me very well. I know you used to be an athlete. I know that you are someone who used to meal prep and do all these things. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of joining me? And I had no intentions of joining her. I said, you know what? Send me that workout DVD. <laughs> I will do, I will start there. I'm going to do that at home. And I did that for two months. And I was amazed at my progress. I felt great. I, I was where mm-hmm. I wanted to be physically and mentally at this point and also had switched some job settings. So it didn't just come from working out. Other things had changed in my life. And 
then she had suggested, well, you've experienced this. Why don't you think of joining me as a coach? A what? I'm a, I'm a speech pathologist. I don't, I don't coach people with fitness. And she goes, well, you know what? You mm-hmm. actually are a coach. You coach people every day, but just to, uh, think of it in a different way. And I said, oh, you know what? You're kind of right. I mean, I've created therapy plans for years. You know, maybe I can learn to help someone else with their mm-hmm. own journey the same way that I had helped myself. So I decided to join this network marketing company as a coach. I had no idea what I was doing. I've, I've never, <laughs> never done that before. And it was, it was an amazing experience. But over time, at this point, right, I, I'm in network marketing, I'm contracting for the company that I work for now, but I'm not full-time yet. I end up meeting Anna Laura. We're both doing fitness. We're both in network marketing, but different network marketing companies. Okay, we're gonna fast forward because if you if you miss any gaps, again, go check out episode two. We've now reached the point where she shines, has hit the ground, it's up and running. So if we know anything about life, it's that we're often hit with the unexpected. Mm-hmm. So I know this the end of last year, the end of 2019, you're going through a bit of a difficult time. So can you maybe elaborate on, on that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like Anna Laura said, we're... We're hitting the fast forward button. I'm now working full time as a home health speech language pathologist. My career has kicked off. I'm feeling really great about myself. She shines. She shines has kicked off. I'm feeling great about that. I'm engaged. I'm 30, turning 31, and really feeling for the first time in a really long time that I have life under control. I know where I'm headed. I have. I feel successful and things were just feeling really great but at a personal level my parents were both dealing with their own health issues that made it really really difficult Mm -hmm. for me to feel that pride and happiness in my own journey and my own success mm-hmm. when the two people that essentially had given me that right were were really struggling and it was hard because it and my dad has parkinson's uh, and we had we had to make a lot of decisions about his care how him and my mom were going to work through this as the disease progresses a lot of future life planning and as you can imagine i had to go home to new york for a lot of those conversations so you know it was i was feeling torn between like living two lives almost between having to drive to new york and deal with this kind mm-hmm. of somber and emotionally draining part of my life and then come back to philadelphia and all of a sudden in a switch have to put a smile on and and be happy you know and it, it was just really difficult mm-hmm. because yeah. i didn't really know how to feel and I didn't know hindsight is 2020 right I obviously know there is no right and no wrong but going through it at the time my brain 
most of the time was, okay, I'm so happy. Should I be happy? Okay, I have to call my parents. Do I tell them about this new event that we just had? Do I tell them about the mm-hmm. my salary raise? Do I tell them about this great patient? You know, it was just weird. And, and, and you know, in Allure, for that whole few mm-hmm. months of, of last year, my parents had no idea what was going yeah. on with She Shines. Like, literally no idea (laughs) and that was hard it was really hard but it also taught me a really great lesson in making sure that no matter what I'm doing in my life whether it's professionally or personally that I'm not doing it for anyone's Mm -hmm. approval or anyone's acknowledgement it has to be for myself at the end of the day if no one is looking if no one else knows you know, how are you feeling? Are you still going to do those things that you're doing? And it was a hard lesson. It was not the most fun to learn, you know, but it, it makes me so happy to know that that's something I was able to overcome, to know that I can be and I don't want to say independent Mm -hmm. because obviously Ryan I relied on him so much and he was there for all of it and as were you and all of my amazing friends but independence Mm -hmm. in terms of those those career and professional goals right independence in terms of your own personal goals and those emotional boundaries that you set for yourself those really are things that you have to determine alone and for yourself only no one can tell you how to set emotional and time boundaries no one can tell you how to be proud of your accomplishments other than yourself so while it was a really difficult time I am happy that I went through it especially at the age of 30 because I think that's such a great a great time in in my millennial life to to learn that lesson and that really helped to put me on a trajectory mm-hmm. of this successful independent woman who knows what she wants and and like i said it, it was it was really hard my parents are doing very <laughs> well now um and they both know about she shines <laughs> now uh they're not tech savvy so there's still a lot of things they don't understand but they're they're on the map, at least. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I know it's not like it's more or less still fresh. So sometimes, you know, it, it takes being very far removed before we're able to see the lesson. But I think, you know, with with maturity, with, you know, personal development, with gaining more insight, we're able to see those lessons more clearly even as we go. So I definitely want to commend you on that. And, and something else that you said, too, about going through something and, and learning to, you know, rely on your on your own strength. You said that you didn't get through it alone. You know, being independent doesn't mean being alone. And I, I think that's such such an amazing insight. You know, when, when we say we're an independent woman, like we still need our community. We still need our tribe, our support squad. Like it's it's really naive, I think, to to say that you would get through anything alone because no one is that strong like we all need other people and I think you know that's why we wanted to do this episode was really to share you know our personal stories our personal messes 
<laughs> we're huge fans of the mess becomes your message. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're still in the mess, it's hard to see the message on the other side. Um, but we just want to share this and, and provide mm-hmm. some encouragement, you know, if you're still in the thick of things, that there is something on the other side. And a lot of times it takes relying on that support squad to to help get you through. But you use your own your own strength, your own will, you know, your own wisdom and insight, like Alex, you just said, um, and you come out stronger and, and, you know, more beautiful on the other side. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm glad we got to talk about it because I really, I don't think we have, I can think of a few times. I don't remember the restaurant we went to, but it was after an event. Remember we brought our laptops and we were going to do Yes. Yes. And we were going to do business and we're like, wait, what's going on in your life? And we got into the full like life stories and actually learned about each other's parents and and personal lives, which we had not done before. And I think is so important as not only friends, but business partners, just to know, <laughs> to have that emotional intelligence of, of what's going on in the other person's life. So very grateful for you as well for being there and coming from an equal mess. So <laughs> bunch of messes over here. So up next, we are going to dive into Anna Laura's story. We're going to talk about overcoming those limiting beliefs and working through resistance. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.